life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. Maybe this happens more than I realize, but mm. today we had one of those experiences where because of what we do and the people we've bumped into along the way, something just kind of falls in our lap and we go, well, that sounds like lots of fun. Let's yeah. do that. Yeah, pretty cool. We had the opportunity, thanks to our friends at Life Motorsports, mm -hmm. to go out to their newly acquired track. Mm -hmm. It's more of an off-road facility for tanks and the 6x6s and well, it was all built, those kinds of cars. It was built to be a tank testing facility. Yeah. I love the underwater the, stuff. Yeah, I love know. the irony of pulling a tiny little Lotus Elise into this facility. You you named it the Life Motorsports Ranch, I think. I, I think it's the it's Life kind Motorsports of what it it's ranch. It's paved. It's dirt. Yeah. Granted, the Lotus wasn't in the dirt. But we, you and I drove out there. We actually posted on Instagram. We drove out there in the fun cars and just played around, including Drifty Madness. It's so cool. Pretty awesome. This actually relates to a question that we recently had on Facebook from Will R. He's asking us, what do you think of the Focus RS drift brake that Ford just released at SEMA? This actually ties into a video that you will see Ken Block is hooning his RS around this track, so this facility. So just find the performance drift stick commercial and you'll find that. And this is where we we'll went have to today. Post it. We'll post it with this with yeah. this podcast. Yeah, you we should see a direct link. Very but, cool facility. We just we actually got some time in uh in the Life Motorsports drift car there. Mm -hmm, actually mm -hmm. got you know, a little bit of time in the M3, E36 M3. And I asked Cole, the engine is still unrebuilt. It is 189,000 miles. They have not rebuilt the engine. It's just getting beat on. Yeah. He allowed so us, he said, he said, you guys took the time to come all the way out here. Do you want to destroy some tires? Of course, the answer yeah. to that is, well, yeah, if they're not my tires. <laughs> so we uh, actually, I did try to drift the Lotus. The thing, the thing about both of those scenarios, though, I'm sure you noticed this, that was kind of a slick surface. It was a understeer prone surface. Yeah, and I say that not yeah. because you and I are the world's most amazing drifters, but Cole's a superb driver. Yeah, he is. And he, he is. struggles with understeer to initiate their drift setup car. Yeah, now, once you get it great. drifting, it's awesome, but the, initial, the initiation is difficult. I decided to throw the Lotus around. Now, I'll be honest. Only a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the full on. Yeah, you I just beat on. The I car. was there, and I just thought, I've got the, I've got the, the skid pad. I'm, yeah. I, I want. I was doing some fast laps. That was really fun. It's got like a big. Oh figure yeah, eight. yeah, yeah. But I just thought it drifted a little bit. It doesn't really want to because it was, it was interacting with the service and just going, okay, I'll understeer. That's fine. But uh, I got to put my son in a drift car. So cool. Not driving, obviously, but I got to put him in a drift <laughs> See car. See you, son. Yeah, exactly. Have fun. Best of luck to you. So his you first. You want to drop the clutch in first, and then. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> He's about to be eight. He wanted. He desperately wanted to. I, I, I don't know another way to put it. I even, didn't even tell you this. He begged to come along. Oh, did he? I didn't know He was just that. like, you're going to go. You might shoot something. I want to help shoot. I want to uh, go. That's because the drone always gets the in the track. air. And, you know. so, so he came, and we, we put him in a four-point harness. <laughs> By the way, there's something hysterically funny about car seat, then four-point harness. And then he's at the end of the belts, and yeah. they're still loose. Yeah, yeah. Just, just a little bit of travel still. Yeah, so four-point harness, which he didn't understand. Windows down, smoky tire burnouts. Mm -hmm. He was so conflicted. He was he was having a great time. And then when he pulled back in, because he was complaining at first, and uh -huh. the smoke and the noise, mm -hmm. I kind of wished that were me when I were seven. Sure. I mean, yeah. it was really cool. And then, you know, you guys came back in, I thought... 
you can't peel the kid out of that car right now. He he was overwhelmed was so by funny. it. He was screaming at his dad because I was creating tire smoke, screaming at his dad about, I don't want to breathe that, and this feels weird, and blah, blah. So I pulled up, and I said to the guys, I said, I think the little man's done. And as they walked around to unbuckle him, he goes, no, 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 let's go again. And then he started to really like it, which was crazy fun. And as you said, I mean, look, I, I think I have actually drifted for fewer years than he's been alive. And here he is at the age of seven. <laughs> like, so yeah, funny. I went drifting this weekend. That's what I did. Totally. Craziness. Well, so this electronic handbrake that Ford did, it goes on sale December 1st, 2017, 1000 bucks. It retrofits your Focus RS. I think this is pretty cool. And I will liken this product, even though it is 1000 bucks and it's Ford performance aftermarket thing. Sure, sure, sure. I'm likening this to the second gear rev match downshift feature in a lot of cars these days. Did we ask for this? Not necessarily. Is it making drivers faster and better? Yeah, it is. Is this going to make drifters, you know, make their cars perform and be in a little bit more control? Quite possibly. Theoretically. But actually, I kind of think it's a cool product. I mean, you know, are we going to say, well, Ken Block endorses it, so therefore... You know, we're against it. No, of course not. He he was part of the development. He gave of it course. his blessing, and you can see well, the track on this video. You know what it reminded that me of? It reminded me but of. I, I think it's that product, sort yeah. of that electronic version of RevMatch. What I like about it, actually, I think I like it more than their drift mode, hmm. personally. Okay. Because it, it kind of it, – it wants to initiate the car – for a front-wheel drive car in a, in a normal way. And I bring back to you and I did the ST Octane Academy. Mm-hmm. And yep. one of the major changes to those cars is this product. Let's be honest. It's a huge handbrake yeah. vertically in the car because they want you to do all kinds of 180s in that car. So they have beefed up the, the rear brakes and put it on this big aluminum handle that you can grab. It's exactly like this thing they built for the RS. I like it because it does create a possibility of sliding that car around organically, whereas the drift mode is kind of trying to help you along. And what I find interesting is, and I will not say this as some sort of king drifter, it seems to me that a lot of the guys that drift a lot have talked about how the drift feature is odd. Oh, sure. Because it's it's, well, it's inorganic to the way they normally initiate the, the car. The whole car is inorganic it's set, drifting exactly. in, in the first place. It's set up to, to help you slide in a way that the car doesn't, which is kind of fascinating. When, when, sure. If you watch our RS piece, I talk a lot about the fact that one of the things I thought was hysterical in that car was putting it in drift mode but not trying to drift it. And it was like driving a big rear-wheel drive muscle car. It was kind right, of floaty. Right. It kind of shook around in the corners. It wanted to get loose. Very interesting. I think this is an interesting product, though. I mean, here's Ford Performance encouraging a whole new generation of hooners. Yeah. You know, better than spray painting stuff, I guess. But, you know, yeah. Buy a, buy a $1,000 product, then destroy more tires. Exactly. I think that's all good. And I wonder if that if this car good. is the one that I saw like a week ago. We talked about it on the could podcast be. that I drove right by. I bet you it's the same one. Yeah, yeah. Could very well be. Well, I, I'm fascinated by Ford doing this pro- these kinds of products, actually. And it also leads us to the head gasket issue, which... I do want to talk about a little bit, but you know we've seen now increasing cases about the head gasket thing. Honestly, I think it's going to force Ford to do something about it. I don't think they're going to be able to ignore mm. it. I hope it doesn't become a thing. If you have an RS and this happens, that stinks. We're sorry. I mean, every car seems to have something. Do you want to dive in now? You want but to dive in now? I, I, <laughs> We're just, there. We're there. I, I'm kind of thinking we should because this okay. is part of the car, part sure, of the RS sure, sure. that we're talking about already. And, I, yeah, I think we should. I mean, 
it's it's seems like it's becoming more of a problem with all the it's, online threads. It's getting it's getting more discussion. I think it's two things. You know what I think this is? I bet you I know what you're going to say. This is the Focus RS's IMS bear. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. Because because what yeah. everything I've read about it, which I'm not claiming I've read everything, but everything I've read about it suggests there's somewhere between 40 and 50 cars. Okay. That this has happened to. Now, while on one level, 40 to 50 cars is way too many, on another level, what's that percentage of total RSs sold? Well, and it also seems to be very early run cars. Sure. Now, the, don't get me wrong. I am not saying either of these things excuse it. I'm just saying you put that reality through the megaphone that is the internet complaining mm-hmm. boards, yeah. and now it's don't buy an RS, the head gas, it's going to blow. That's not what's going on here. Hardly. And that's, that's the reason the we IMS keep recommending thing, you know? Porsches and Caymans and sure. all that stuff because they're great. Sure. But you're right. Maybe it's an early run of that particular head gasket. Maybe it was the gasket itself and the supplier just messed up on something mm-hmm. or whatever that is. Is the car bad? No, not at all. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to be warranted. You're going to be fine. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's a problem. It doesn't mean, take away the fact that it's t- terrible and it's, it's a, a hassle. Yeah. But I just I, – that's the thing about it. When I start to read this stuff, I go, it's the IMS bearing all over again. It's don't buy this car. It happens sure. to all of No, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not saying in any way. I'm just – I'm finding more and more people are bringing this up. For sure. For sure. And you're right. It is sort of like the IMS thing. Does, is this going to happen to everybody? No. You might yeah. have your RS for 100,000 miles with zero issues. Which doesn't mean it's not a thing. It's a thing, and it's sure. a bad thing. Right, right. But, yeah, anyway, it's, it's the, watch out for the megaphone that is the internet board. So that's always frightening. Yeah, I, I guess the, the moral of the story here is continued research. Mm-hmm. If you own a car, of course, be in contact with Ford and your dealer and, you know, be in close contact. But otherwise, yeah, just continue research. Doesn't mean you have a bad car. Not at all. Does it mean you should sell it? No. Get the drift stick. Start drifting. <laughs> not only should you not sell it, buy more parts. The hoon yeah. handle, the trick tiller, the skid switch. I've been working on these. Wow, I'm telling you. that They, they missed some opportunities there not using any of those. <laughs> they didn't call so, us for marketing. I don't remember getting a phone call. People don't do that. That's true. Yeah. Uh, speaking of track-related things, we, we are less than a week away. You're hearing this on Tuesday. We are less than a week away, a few days away from our Laguna trip. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you think you know everything about it, stop right now and listen, because <laughs> there's a couple things I want to bring up here. First off, if you are coming to the track day and you have not heard the rest of the info for the itinerary, please put your email into the website. Go to everydaydriver.com slash adventures. There's a place to put your email in there. That allows us to get your contact info to keep you up to date on the rest of the itinerary. So that's one thing to do. The other thing, this is big deal if you haven't heard mm, this already. Yeah. Laguna Seca track has noise level limits. They do. It's actually near a residential area. Mm-hmm. So when I bought my Lotus... I bought it in Southern California, and the yeah. guy gave me the exhaust turndown. It is 18 inches of extra pipe that you can put on the end of my exhaust on the Lotus to turn it away from where the sound decibel meter is, which is a hysterical thing that happens on this track a lot. The That's DBs on this, on this event are 90 dB. Now, that may mean nothing to you, but here's what I know to be true. That is a lower total sound level than the state of California requires. Which is so crazy. If you are a person who has a car with an aftermarket exhaust, there is a very good chance it exceeds that limit. Right. And there actually are meters mm-hmm. on the straightaway. They do have meters and they are checking. If you get busted three times, you're done for the day, folks. So yeah. keep this in yeah. mind. Now, if you're saying to me, oh my gosh, like, uh, for example, my FRS I got rid of, I'm certain 
would be black flagged before the first session was over. That <laughs> I was just a hear you coming, rolling up through the entrance. Car, up seriously, the hill. seriously, yeah, I'd, I'd get pinged while coming through the parking lot. I'm sorry, lot. we can hear you from here. Yeah, sir. exactly. So there's that. Um, what are you but thinking? There are ways around it. You can report your exhaust. You can actually, I mean, it's funny the things that happen at Laguna. So you you can kind of move your exhaust port around. There's that, but also. <laughs> You cannot hit full throttle on some of right. those straights. On the less invasive and expensive side. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So I, I, I want to bring that up so that you've at least heard it before you get there. So if you have a big, loud aftermarket exhaust, you can at least think it through. We are very excited to be driving with many of you both on the track and on PCH. I'm getting really excited about this trip. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. And if you think it's going to hurt your lap times, this is a high-performance driving event. We are not recording lap times. <laughs> there will of course, be there's none always of that. bragging rights. But just relax. We're not racing, so I it's going to be fun. I got through a full day at Laguna, and I didn't wreck at all. That's a great day. The that end. is the victory lap Absolutely. right there. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that. So we will see you there if you're coming. And uh, we've got a couple of debates as well as a ton of questions that we didn't no get to yeah. last time. We were so busy we talking about We were busy about talking about cars. other track events, yes. <laughs> this is cool. So we've got Bill. He's out in New England, and he's looking for a second sports car. Mm -hmm. But he's asking for a best sports car for his autistic son. It's a very interesting question here because mm -hmm. he has a car that's working for him right now, and there's a, there's a bigger story here. That's a great one. We also have uh, Jared writing into us from Ohio. He has a question because he has had a lot of motorcycles. He's had an interesting progression of kind of marginal sedans. So he's trying to kind of bridge the gap between marginalsedans.com. Well, yeah. I mean, what can we do for you? Seriously. Can I show you a champagne Camry? <laughs> Off we go. No. So Scale he's trying champagne. to figure out something between the motorcycle and these sedans. And he's wondering if it's a Fiesta ST. And I have some other thoughts for Jared as well. So I'm excited about that one. Okay. All right. Well, let's jump into Bill's debate here. He's writing in and he says, I, you know, may sound like I've got a first world problem, but he's trying to decide <laughs> whether or not, first of all, just to buy a second vehicle or not. Mm -hmm. So Bill is out in New England. As I said, he's currently got an FJ cruiser yep. that he drives every day. Yep. And he originally bought this for his outdoor adventures. But now his five-year-old son joins him for hiking and camping and yeah, general yeah, yeah. bombing around and getting muddy and dirty and <laughs> having fun. And he loves this thing. He loves so it. Cool. Yeah, he said his son's autistic, as we said, and he loves the bumps and the swaying, which is very therapeutic for him, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. interesting. And, of course, what little child wouldn't want to splash through mud? I mean, what big child wouldn't want to splash through mud? Well, but but clearly what's happened here as well is we've got just the father-son bonding thing that's happened with this car. Yeah, pretty Bill cool. Bill and his son are going out and doing the weekend adventuring stuff in this car. They've been bombing down back roads. It's become not only a weekend tradition, but this car is embedded in that experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, that doesn't mean... Other cars can take the place, but he's definitely got this car very much associated with that Absolutely. experience. Absolutely. So Bill's saying the FJ's got 145,000 miles currently, and he just got a new job, which means his mileage per year is ramping up to mm -hmm. 25,000 miles a year, which isn't the biggest commute we've ever heard of, but that's significant. Still a lot. That's yeah. a lot that's, of miles. That's way above the average for sure. So he's saying, you know, is the FJ going to make it? Should mm -hmm. I hang on to it? Is this going to be my daily or should I mm -hmm. actually mm -hmm. get a second car? And he gives us a bunch of choices here about what he's mulling over here. And as you said, you know, his son's really attached to attached to this bombing around thing this yeah let's go yeah, get yeah. muddy let's yeah, go yeah. out you know let's let's go have fun in the car but he's saying they don't make fj cruisers anymore mm -hmm. okay well they've got other stuff of course there's sure, all kinds sure, of sure. four by yeah, fours yeah. out there but he's got these options three of them that he gives gives to us here he's saying 
first of all, should he get this second sport sports car? Yeah. Which kind of ties into things because his son does love cars. Yeah. And has a Camaro itch. Yeah. Which is fun to hear. Very this is cool. cool. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Or should he trade in the FJ for an off-road vehicle that makes a great daily, like a Raptor? Yeah, he recommends that. Like, I, a Raptor. You, yeah. 25,000 miles a year in a Raptor. I'm yeah. having trouble wrapping my head around that one. Seriously, yeah. I, I mean, we love them. They're cool. They're cool. They, they, I find them wow. like, like you did with the lifted trucks at SEMA. I find them unnecessarily cool. <laughs> I just are. I walk around a parking lot and go, look at how big it says Ford on the back. I don't need this, but I want it anyway. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Everybody who drives a Raptor looks at low buildings and thinks, huh, bet you I could take that one. And oh, look, there's traffic. But you, but you I'll keep just, driving. I'll just get off and keep driving, yeah. <laughs> okay, so third choice here is should he just keep the FJ, drive it into dust, keep it, keep driving it, mm-hmm. and then eventually mm-hmm. get something like a GTI or a WRX with a cheap Jeep on the side. Sure, sure, sure. I don't yes. think they exist. It, that probably does Maybe exist. Do. I bet you that website exists. Probably There does. is another variable here, and that is the fact that his wife has a 2016 CRV. That is the family do-it-all. That's going nowhere. Mm-hmm. So we're just shopping here for Bill's question. It's just, okay, I've got big commuting. The FJ is embedded and does what it does well. How do I handle this? I have, I have a few thoughts on this, actually. I've got a few as well. I'm mulling all of these, and I'm actually kind of waffling. My first thought here is keep the FJ for now. And mm-hmm. could you pick up a Camaro? Would would that actually suit your commute? Mm-hmm. Even though that's a lot of miles in a Camaro. I mean, yeah. maybe, but I'm kind of thinking nothing rash at the moment. What if you added a sports car and the both of you warmed up to the idea while you still had the FJ in your back pocket here? That's interesting. Could, I have the exact still... same approach as you. Did on you this. really? Yes, yes. I have a lot of reasons for it, but yes. I'm just thinking. Just let's ease up to it. Toe mm-hmm. in the pool. Mm-hmm. See how it goes. Because if it doesn't go well and he doesn't like it for whatever reason, you've still got the FJ here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that's where my head's at initially. I think that's the right place to be. I mean, Bill, I like all your choices here. I mean, you mm-hmm. could do all kinds of stuff. I I actually kind of like the third drive the FJ into the ground, and then eventually just get, you know, the GTI could work mm-hmm. really well for the commute, yeah. and then eventually just kind of get a mutter, camping, whatever. Maybe eventually it's something you both can work on. I mean, maybe... Who knows? Who knows how long this progresses? Maybe that I, kind I of bond that. can continue yeah, on that's a... interesting. Okay. Just, hey, we got this older 4x4. Yeah, it yeah, needs yeah. some love. Let's do a little bit of minor restoration mm, on okay. it together. That could be an option. I mean, that could continue the, that kind of thing as uh, as he grows older, but... Yeah, I'm just kind of thinking, don't get rid of that car yeah, quite yet. I agree. I agree. Whatever you do, don't get rid of it yet. I w- that's interesting. You and I are kind of approaching the same pathway here. I want to dig into it a little further, but I think this is the right thing. Look, because the FJ has got its place in your lives, you and your son, it, yeah. it is the weekend warrior car. And it sounds like you got it paid off. My thinking is just keep that car for that duty. Just have it do that job. And let Just it do, for those trips, you're saying? Let it do that job kind of indefinitely. When does it become the money pit that you have to replace it? But that gives you time now to involve your son in two things. First off, that car's not going away. I mean, I'll say right. this with my son. Right. When I sold the Sabaru, it broke his heart. I thought it was just the Sabaru. I like the Sabaru. The Sabaru is fun, but that was the first car he'd ever really kind of connected with at all, much more so than I thought he did. Right. So it really hurt him when that car went. So I had to, and if you've listened to the podcast, you heard me talk about this. I had to prep him for the FRS going away. And we did like our final drive. We took a bunch of pictures. Sure, all yeah. that kind of had to ease him into that. But I'm thinking with this FJ, 
you know you need a car to do that job. So let it do that job. And that keeps all of that normal, if you will. There's no mm-hmm. changes there. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. go out and get a sports car, but involve your son in the process. Is Definitely. it just Camaro? Definitely. Is it something else? Why don't you take him and drive a Camaro? Why don't you take him and drive? This is one of my other big recommendations. EcoBoost Mustang. Sure. Yeah. Because you can get those for pretty inexpensive. You haven't given us a budget, but my guess is we're probably talking 25 or less based on the way the story unfolds. I'm guessing. Yeah, somewhere so, there. Okay, get yourself a one-year-old EcoBoost Mustang all day long. You might be able to find a deal on a new one. Great for commute for mileage because you're not going to be up in the boost of it, but yet it's a genuine sports car. So I think you should drive that with your son. I think you should drive a Camaro with your son. I think mm-hmm. you should look at yeah. cheap Corvettes with your son. Interesting. You can get 29 miles the gallon with that thing if you put it in sixth or seventh or whichever gear it's got, depending on your, on your version. So I think you should just go shop sports cars with your son because that will involve him in the process. What's the car that gets him excited and still does the things you want it to do? Mm-hmm. Now you've built a situation where let's just say you guys find a sports car you both love that does this commute. And let's say in three years the FJ dies. Well, now you're doing rotation because – the sports car you both love, now that stays while you replace the FJ. Oh, I like that. So it's yeah. never you're never having, for lack of a better way to put it, you're never having that abrupt Band-Aid moment. <laughs> you're kind of easing right. your way right. through these transitions, and who knows what you're going to connect with about the sports car. I think that's the key. Bill, I had this very terrible thought for you based on what Todd and Uh-oh. I were doing today, which is um, <clears throat> drifting. <laughs> yeah, all bad. You said in your email here, and I mentioned it before, all the bumps and the swaying. Well, you know, in um, when you're doing burnouts in sports cars, it's a little bit bumpy and kind of a little bit swaying. What if you and your son kind of got into doing burnouts in the sports car that you buy, and then eventually you take him drifting, and he loves that, and that's sort of the next level for him? That's terribly funny. What I if love you it. got this commuter car, and then it turned into your drift car, yeah. and you got good at drifting, and then suddenly you and he are like drift champions? That's funny. It it actually is really cool. I'm, I like it. it re- I was so reminded to the, today of how much I like it. It actually yeah. speaks to me in a way that it's these fun. trucks do. Like, it's, I see that. It's not a huge part of my life or yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a huge piece of the driving that I love. Yeah. But it definitely speaks way down in there. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, I wish I had a drift car. I wish I got to do when this When you more. link stuff, it's brilliant. What was funny is when it I is. first took my son out, the first little stent – when he was choking on tire smoke and freaking out about <laughs> he it. He rolled his window up, I know. Yeah. He also so cute. he also was saying that he was wondering if he was gonna get sick. Oh, and so yeah. when I stopped, I said to him, I said, Buddy, you've got to look where we're going. Don't look straight ahead, mm. look where we're going. Because oh, good point. that's totally new for him. Good point. We're used to doing that. We're yeah, used to looking but he's, through our But turn. it's totally new for him. When you sit in the car, you look in the direction that it's going, or you look down mm. at your lap, and it's no nothing abrupt. Was he not turning his head? I'm sure he wasn't. I wasn't yeah. watching him that much, but I'm sure he yeah. wasn't, because he was just strapped in, looking straight ahead, and I was like, just look where we're going. So, Bill, right. can you imagine you and your son <laughs> promptly going somewhere, looking through the side window? That That's laughs for days. Oh, My man. wife is so mixed on the fact that this happened today. <laughs> did you show her the video oh, I took? Of course I did. Of course I did. <laughs> I sent her the video before I got home. Oh, you of oh of course I did. Right. So then, But what was funny she is- She wasn't waiting for you with a rolling pin, was no, she? No, not at all. Because okay, here's good. the thing. She knew, she knew we were strapped down and in a good place for it. And she saw the video. Okay, but, good. Uh, but when we got home, what was cool is she kind of looked at me- as she does, and rolled her eyes like, really? Son in the drift car? Really? But then she waited until he came in, and she said, tell me about your day. 
And she just sat down, focused on him, sat down. It was very sweet. Sat down and just focused on him That's awesome. and let him tell her about it. And the more he got excited, the more she just beamed about it. She's like, all right, cool. Cool, cool. That's really you know, Which awesome. was fun. But, of course, she looked at me because I came in the door first. She looked at me like, really? This happened? <laughs> really? But anyway, it, the disease is striking big. Bill, you're, uh, you're about to leave off-roading behind. Welcome to drifting, my friend. You <laughs> Honey, just never know. We're sideways all weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, I like the commute thing, and you've got great recommendations. I like the Corvette as well. You can get into something really inexpensively. Just I mean, about- all the muscle cars that we're talking about. Yeah. Be prepared to go through some tires because you yeah. are going to have to introduce your son to burnouts. There you go. But but here's the Step thing. Step one is you burnouts. Don't, you can get the fun-looking muscle car, but you don't have to get the big V8. True. You can get something True. that is – the. I know this sounds – Focus anath- RS with a hoon handle? <laughs> there you go. Just saying. I know this sounds antithetical to the, the muscle car concept, but the idea is you get all the muscle car attitude, but you don't have to get the muscle car gas mileage. Mm. Yeah. I think that can be a nice blending. And you can have options here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I th- I love the idea of shopping with your son on this. That can be really cool. That's the best part because then it's yours together. For sure. For sure. Well, guys, we will take a very quick break and be right back. Now on Podcast One Sports, it's a family affair on Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast. We're going to attack this day with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. Hear incredible stories on Sound of Success, the Dick Enberg podcast. Oh, my. And guess who's talking America's favorite basketball team? Hey, it's Jay Moore, and it is time for America's Lakers podcast. Listen on Apple Podcasts, the new Podcast One app. And where else, Jay? PodcastOne.com. Geico presents eyewitness interviews with inanimate objects. This is Brian Bruno live on the scene of a recent windstorm here to describe the event, a chest of drawers. There's a storm howling outside, so I thought I'd stay in and watch a rom-com. Five minutes into the flick, a tree branch slams through the window. Were you hurt? (laughs) I just got a scratch on my chest. Your chest of drawers can't help you in a windstorm, but the Geico Insurance Agency can help you get covered for personal property damage. Call Geico to see how affordable homeowners insurance can be. Let's do another car debate. We're back with Jared here. Jared's writing in from Ohio, and he has had what what reads to me like a series of kind of marginal it does stuff and works sedans. Marginalsedans.com. Yes, exactly. Step right this way. And he also but though Look, he has had Corolla. a I think this has your name on it, sir. Uh, a Suzuki uh, GSX R600 bike that he loves. Yeah, he's got the Jixer. So he wants to he wants to blend these worlds. How do I get my car to give me some of the sensations I get out of a bike? And here's where this is funny. He wrote this email clearly from his phone while sitting at the dealer, <laughs> while his car was being yeah. worked on, and he's staring while sitting at the dealer at a for sale Fiesta ST. For less than thirteen grand, he clearly just sat down, wrote this on his phone, and went, "Guys, I got a problem." Yeah, this is a cool email. Jared is currently a student now, but he's got career aspirations in the medical field. I went to art school, design school. I mean, the sight of blood, I'm, <laughs> I'm terrible with. So, congratulations to all of our physicians and doctors and nurses. My sister teases me endlessly, as you probably already know. But um, yeah, I love that you're. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> I love that you're sitting here in the dealer. It, it is funny. I don't think often about the juxtaposition because everything oh, your terrible. sister, everything your sister does for a living, you would have passed out the first five. And minutes. And she knows that every yeah. time I see her, she comes up with some new medical terminology that she knows is going to make make me quake in my boots, <laughs> and I'm just going to shudder. And she just loves my reaction. She does it to me, but. 
you know, I got my other ways of getting her back. So. Well, but then you start talking about some of the speeds at which we drive, some of the driving we do, yeah. and she goes white as a sheet. I mean, it's 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 all relative. I'd actually, I have not had her on track with me ever. I'd love to that take her drifting. That would be out hysterical. Of, you know, not knowing anything about the yeah. noise and the sensations, uh-huh. knowing none of that. Yeah. Let's see her then, anyway. And That's then when awesome. I cut myself on the piece of sharp metal, she'll immediately laugh again. <laughs> she will. That'll Sheesh. make her recover. So we've got this story here about uh, Jared's car, which was a 2010 Chrysler 300. And just <laughs> under 200,000 miles, it promptly dies. Let's get up there. 191. He had been thinking, maybe I'll get an Acura TL, the 03 to 08 one we really like. At least I really like. He'd been looking, I I, he'd yeah. been eyeing those yeah, until the fact that the Chrysler now suddenly dies. He has to get a car right away. Mm-hmm. So the TL thing goes out the window, and he gets himself a 2013 loaded-out Kia Optima Hybrid. Okay. Which is the reliable do-it-all sedan. And he talks here about how nice it is to be in. And that he loves the how car. How pleasant it is. But there's nothing dynamic about this car, and yes. that's where the problem happens. Yes. All right, so he started to embrace this full car guy mentality not too long ago. <laughs> well, maybe we might have encouraged that a tiny yeah, bit. We're, we're, we're such fantastic influences. <laughs> so he had about 15 grand to spend. It was very hard to turn down this dynamically rewarding car as opposed to a pure commute machine, as he's saying. But that's why he has the bike. Yep. 06 GSX, as you said. GS- GSX-R. And now it leads him to sitting at the dealer mm-hmm. while the Kia's getting some service done. And there's the little Fiesta ST growling at him. 12.8. Mm-hmm. $12, at a dealer, no less. Think about what that means private party sales are worth on that car. I'm <laughs> a dealer selling one for 12.8? Yeah. I, um, this is hard because you're a student, Jared. Mm-hmm. So this is... This is the conundrum. If you were not in school, yeah. I would say wholeheartedly, yes, follow your heart, get the car, sure, trade sure, the sure. Kia. I love the Kias, but if it's not doing it for you, yeah. and the Fiesta ST is you know, winking at you and has that very come-hither moment in the dealership, then <laughs> I'd say uh, go after it. Uh-oh, look Problem at it. is, you're a student, and yeah. so you have to take that right. into equation with bills and insurance insurance is definitely a huge one all that kind of yeah, stuff yeah yeah so it backs me off from 100 percent. i'm kind of back to 75 yeah, percent somewhere yeah, in there yeah. i see that because the whole point of our podcast as you know jared is we want to get you into something you love absolutely, absolutely. you love driving but there is some stuff to take into consideration mm-hmm. here for sure for you sure you cannot ignore that stuff you've got a 25 mile commute but that might go down you said you're planning to move so that commute might go down to 15 miles. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're in this, as you said, this safe commuting tool. Yeah. But you're regretting the lack of driving feel. And yeah. That's what we want here. For sure. So for sure. I'm I'm liking what you're thinking. I'm just backed off to like 70, 75 ish. Well, somewhere in there. I, I I'm gonna say I'm gonna say right now, Jared. You may be surprised to hear me say this. You you sent this email not that long ago. Hopefully we've caught you before you've done this. <laughs> Don't buy that Fiesta ST. Don't, mm. don't. And I'm not saying because that's the wrong car for you. Okay. But I read this email, and I am struck by that thing we've talked about before. Jared, my friend, here's what's up. Homework. Mm. Before you get that Fiesta ST, and maybe that's the answer, but before you get it, what I read in here is you love the dynamics of a bike. You've only driven kind of just do-it-all commute sedans. Right. You need to get some experience in driving cars that could be fun. 
the Fiesta ST is on that list. I'm going to give you a list of homework cars. Ooh. I think you need to drive them all. Keeping and then, with the student theme. I exactly, like this. And then reassess where you are. Okay. Because, yes, you, you've heard us. I mean, back to podcast, literally, one We've yeah. talked about the Fiesta ST. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's not that we don't like the car, but I don't want you to jump right now for that Fiesta ST without having a little bit of experience as a driver in other platforms before you make a call like this. Sure. Sure. All right. So what are you suggesting? A, well, a long list of homework cars? No, not really. Not really. But because I'm also thinking about stuff. You've said you've got, you've got what, 15 grand here to spend? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, yeah, that, 15. that instantly keeps me into a certain realm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I thought, all right, you're already looking at the Fiesta ST. So let's talk good front wheel drive platforms for a minute. I've got three on here. You need to drive. Okay. Drive that Fiesta ST. You need to drive a used GTI because you've had commute cars. Definitely. So Definitely. drive a used GTI because it's going to do all that commute stuff really well, but add a little bit of flavor in there and a little bit of dynamics in there. So drive a used GTI. And I'm also going to say drive a Mini Cooper. Cooper S. Good. John Cooper works maybe. But drive a Mini, because those are three very well-sorted front-wheel drive platforms, but they all drive very differently than one another. Sure, sure. So that's why those are my three for you, Fiesta ST, GTI, and Cooper S, those three. And, and for fifteen grand, options. And now you're saying that's just in the front-wheel drive That's just front-wheel drive. And then okay. I have... Uh, I have three rear-wheel uh, rear drive cars, okay. classic dynamics. Okay. You may see all of these coming. But I'm thinking everything I'm listing here, with fifteen grand, you will find options. Oh, yeah. Okay. Used MX-5 Miatas, yeah. drive an NC Miata. Yep. Okay. The NDs aren't going to be this low yet, but the NC, the NA, the NB, pick one of the first three gens. Drive any of those you can get your hands on. May not work. I realize it's convertible and it's little and maybe it's too small, but you need to drive one for sure. Sure. That sure. also means the 86. 86 has got to be on that list. BRZ or FRS. Come sure. on. 15 grand. They are out there like crazy right now. And I will also say this to you, thinking about your commute th- choices. Mm-hmm. Hyundai Genesis Coupe. Interesting. It's got to be on that list too because that does the – kind of like the GTI in the front-wheel drive category. The, the Genesis Coupe is that in the rear-wheel drive category. It's a little more of the commuter, a little more normal – a little less hair on fire. Todd would like this. It's a little less that and more reality. So drive the Hyundai Genesis Coupe. If you can get the V6 on that, that's the engine to have there. I never really liked that turbo. Mm-hmm, it sure. works, but I really like that V6 they had. Those are my six that are homework cars, Jared, because I think if you drive all those cars and you actually give them an open mind, you'll come away knowing which of these should I buy. One of them will connect with you right away. That's really good advice. Good, good wisdom, Jared. I'm... Um you know how I was saying I was 70, 75% there? It's because we love that car so much. Absolutely. And you're right. It is there. But here's another reason to pause. I like the homework cars from Todd, but here's the other reason is it's very easy when you're at a dealer, when something is just sitting there. And your car's being worked it's on. It's like the checkout line at the grocery store. Look at that over there. I didn't know I needed gum, but I need that gum right now. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> it's the point of purchase, impulse buy kind impulse of mentality. It's impulse buy car. It is. It kind of is. And at that price, it. it certainly is. Yeah, it does. Because it's you think, I've got 15. That's only 12 eight. Well, shoot, with that money, I could do blank, blank, and blank, and blank. Yeah, for sure. And for then sure. you're off into the deep end uh-huh. and... Again, you and haven't we like driven the end, other stuff. Honestly, at when I was 24, I had not driven too many other cars. I didn't have very much driving life experience. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of driving experience, you know, per se, but you know, buried deep in school and homework and all that stuff. 
we get it. You've been a student. You're I'd, busy. I'd driven nothing worthwhile. The kind of car you've, you and I have talked about my car list. I'd driven nothing interesting. I mean, when by yeah, my I'm early thinking 20s. 24, I mean, you think, all right, I should be, you know, having hundreds of cars by then, but no, not necessarily. Yeah. 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 And it's not until, you know, we're older and we're doing the show and mm-hmm. getting in all these track events and uh-huh, for sure. driving people's cars. That for sure. definitely helps. That was one of the <laughs> points yeah. of the show is yeah, I want to yeah. go drive cars. There's a lot of good rear wheel drive. And so it doesn't sound like you've had a rear wheel drive car in your life. It doesn't, doesn't sound like it. And that's why I'm leaning that way. Mm-hmm. So I see that. I see that. I was thinking S2000. Yeah. It's got to be up there. I yeah. like your Hyundai idea, but I like any of those rear wheel drive cars mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that is now another step in dynamics for that price range. For sure. For sure. So again, I'm I'm thinking homework, but you've almost got some reporting to do after that homework. <laughs> for sure. I'm adding yeah. you've got to write a report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what you need said, is another assignment while you're going you to medical think? school. You got all kinds of time. Yeah. It's going to be easy. Yeah. <laughs> What's in this room full After of After you get done napping for the 40th right. time today, you know, that, that, that lay around <laughs> thing that happens in medical school. Right. Yeah, write us a report. It'll be great. I, I'm just curious. I mean, and you might find something. That's the point. You might find something that you, is unexpectedly yeah. great. And you think, why was I looking at that Fiesta ST? Not that it's bad. Yeah. But just but I found even something yeah. better that I love. Something that resonates with him yeah. better. I, I totally get that. Absolutely. So we need your list to grow. We've given you a lot of stuff to go drive. Yeah. But uh, I, I love that. That's um, I love <laughs> keeping with the student theme. That's that's really funny. We have many, many, many Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter questions. Thank you guys for being so consistent on those questions. I love it. Mm. We didn't cover any when we were talking about the Motor Press Guild track of it. We didn't cover a single question because we would not shut up. So yeah. now we're going to cover questions. There are many great ones. I want to jump in real quick with Thomas Andrews' questions. He said, what's more important, driving position or good driver's seat? Mm. And I will say for me, look, I love really good ergonomics, driving position, et cetera. But I would say driver's seat is paramount. Mm. And my example will be the Evo. The Evo has never had a good seating position. But if it has that really good Recaro seat in it, I'll just go drive it anytime. I'll deal with the seating position. Conversely, really good positioning, but the seat won't hang on to you, that's just disconcerting. Yeah, And can be, honestly, painful depending upon how much you're hooning. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Well, there's a question on Instagram from Cars and Comments. Thank you for this. If you could receive track driving instruction from any professional race car driver, active, retired, who would you want? Mm. I came up with three for very different reasons. Okay. I have one. Tom Christensen used to drive for the Audi Le Mans team. Yes. Guy has done endurance racing like crazy. Yes. I want to know what that's like, how hard it is on your body. I want to know... When you're exhausted out of your mind, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. late at night, you're blinded by glare. How do you keep it up? Mm. How, do, how do you mm-hmm. keep up your, your high-speed lap times? Yeah. How do you keep going? Yeah. What level do He's you He's the king of Lamar. That's, that's a good one. That's a, I hadn't thought of that. That's a really good one. So my second is Mika Hakkinen. Okay. He's the guy that beat Michael Schumacher okay. twice yeah? All right. for world championship. All right. I want to know... What's on his brain? <laughs> okay. And, you know, if you want to win, get a fin, right? That's that <laughs> nice, saying. nice, nice. And then finally, Mark Webber's on my list, too, because of many reasons. Really? Okay. Formula, Formula One driver. Yeah, yeah, he is. As well as a Le Mans winner yeah, in sure. Porsche cars. But he's driven such a variety of stuff, including his 1999 CLK crash, where he yes. flipped the car at Le Mans. Into the trees. Along with his co-driver. They both did it. Same car. Same part of the straight. I, I want to hear about that, and I want to hear about getting back on the horse Yeah, after you have an good. accident, because I can't really think of 
many gnarlier accidents short of, you know, somebody yes. dying. But... You are now airborne and flipping. Yeah. By the way, there's a forest. We'll come get you. That's it's it's hor- that footage is it's, horrifying. Yeah, it's really awful to know that they survived. They were unhurt, but yeah. unbelievable. So just the experiences and then I want that translated to the instruction and mm. how to push past your own limits. Hmm. That's what I want to hear. That's good. That's good. I have one. I thought of one right away and I'm going to stay with it. Okay. All right. Sir Jackie Stewart. Oh, for multiple reasons. This is good. This should be good. First off, I think his personality and voice are hysterical. I think that's just it's, – it's, he's one of those guys you just want to listen to him talk. You know what I mean? You, just, you want that anyway. Just say stuff. But say he comes words. out of the part of Formula One where it was flat out deadly. Yeah, it wasn't not, just dangerous. Not like, hey, this is dangerous. You're driving. No, deadly. Yeah. Guys are dying all around him, and he was a pioneer, and we must make this safer. That's because here's what I find fascinating. It didn't make him slower. He knows it's unbelievably dangerous. He knows people, possibly himself, are going to die. But you know what? I'm going to put my foot in it anyway. That fascinates me like I can't even tell you. And here he is in his late 60s, early 70s. 70s and something like that. Health. Exactly. Later on Also, in life. he does this already. He does instruct. All, to, to this day, he is a consultant to some young drivers on F1 teams. Oh, and if man. you want to go back sometime probably six or seven years ago now, they put James May in a TVR with Jackie Stewart and had Jackie Stewart real-time instruct him, and it's one of the most fascinating pieces of instruction That's I've ever watched. One. So he's That's my guy. Good. And there's a quote in the offices of RSR. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. They have quotes from various drivers about okay. the ring in their All offices, right. and there's one from Jackie Stewart on the wall that says, anyone that says the ring isn't scary isn't driving fast enough. <laughs> and I think about his era when every, when everything was so deadly and when F1 was still doing the ring. And that's his quote on the ring. I'm just like, if somebody's going to sit right seat and I can pick him, it's Sir Jackie Stewart. Oh, man. That's excellent, actually. I really like that. He's, and, and I've seen him, too. I, I probably have a foot on this guy. I have a tree <laughs> compared tiny. to Jackie Stewart. He is a tiny little man. <laughs> but he can hoon anything. coming Absolutely. out of that guy would Absolutely. be incredible. Yep. Wow. I don't know if you saw on Instagram. It actually wasn't in our questions listing, but I wanted to speak on this really, really quickly. Uh, Mottage? I'm not sure what, if that, what, your, what your avatar is, but I posted a picture of the Mini, which, again, oh, okay. I call Spot, and it's got circles on it. And he says, okay, I have to ask, Todd, are you going to leave the circles? Because for him, it's a bridge too far. Okay. He just doesn't like it at all. He's just like, I, I couldn't get them off there fast enough. Help me understand if you're going to leave the circles. And then he says, <laughs> I do understand you want your cars to look as much like a matchbox car as possible. That really does describe <laughs> me quite well, doesn't it? That's so funny. So he says, maybe I should live a little. Here, here's my thing on the circles. When I first bought the car, I thought I kind of want to take them off, but I kind of didn't. And I'll tell you both reasons. I will say the number one reason they're not coming off is because the one on the front is underneath the paint protection film. Yeah, it's under the clear film. So I'd have to do a lot more <laughs> to get that off of there. But the, the longer I own it, the more I love them. And here's why. If you've listened for more than five minutes, you know I rage against silver or gray cars. Yes. Because they are personality-less. Lots of irony. This car now has personality because it is a mm. gray car with these little spots. And I have the same problem doing the Lotus, which is, oh, look, there goes Todd. But because you know that's the only one like that. So in that regard, I am going to leave it because it, to me it gives the, the, the car that is a color I frankly don't want the personality I do want. No, that's great. I like that. All right. Uh, what else on here? Uh, Teal PR is uh, talking about the Model 3. He said he recently saw the Doug DeMuro review of that car. Okay. 
You can't stop thinking why this car doesn't have a heads-up display, since it, of course, doesn't have a gauge cluster like a normal car. Well, in the future, what's normal anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So what that, with that in mind, what car do you think is missing something that's obvious? Hmm. I'm thinking, um, I, I, I guess you're, you're saying just a, a normal part of car interaction that is not there. Or that car is crying, that specific car is crying out for why doesn't it have this? Um, what I'm thinking of right now is the Infiniti Q60 that we recently drove. Okay. It wasn't so much that it was missing something. It was just the intuitive nature of the buttons. And I understand mm. that car manufacturers are trying to mix it up and not just be, sure, well, that sure. does that and this does this. But I look for intuitive nature of things. When you and I get in a car and drive it right away, mm-hmm. we, we're just mm-hmm. you know set off. And it's especially prevalent at... Uh, you know, new drives, track days, for sure. that is. When you've got a very short amount of time and you've got to go you've right You've got to now. learn the car. Yep. yep. And I'm thinking, all right, I need to, you know, I need to turn up the air conditioning. I need to turn the radio off. I need mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. just focus on what I need. Where's the sport traction, you know, sport plus traction off, all these things. It took me a while to do that in that infinity. Mm. And the mm. buttons were in unexpected places due to the design. Now, oh, interesting. Okay. that doesn't mean I, I can't that. get used to that if I bought the car and I'm living with the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. You always get used to I'm that. I'm just always sure. looking for that intuitive thing. But, I mean, your Mini is a perfect example. What's normal? The Speedo is in the center of the dash. <laughs> it's a dinner plate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what's normal anymore? I mean, yeah, you're right. You know, the... You're right. the I forget which Toyota model it is. It's not a Yaris, but the the instrument pod is off center, even Mm -hmm. in in a cheap car. Yeah. So designers are always trying to do things, and we're going to see more and more of this. But the biggest thing I can see is you got to keep the cost down on that Model 3 somehow. Yes. We'll see a heads-up display something from Tesla that will be amazing, and it'll work 99% of the time and all that kind of stuff. And you can program (laughs) it with your phone and who knows what. But Customize you got to keep the cost down on yeah, that kind of good. thing. So I always look for the intuitive nature. And then you mm-hmm. you kind of do come across things. I mean, we could talk about, you know, heated seats or options or things like that. Well, sure, that's true. Sure. I don't think that's what you mean. But I always uh, kind of direct more towards intuitive nature of finding things that I need quickly and understanding the car. That's I what that. I, I relate that. to. Oh, it doesn't have this. Well, it does, but it doesn't work like you think. And you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't have a specific car, but I'm going to give a headline here. I hadn't thought about this question, but now it's kind of rattling around in my brain. I'm sure I'll think of a specific car as soon as we stop recording. But right. here is my headline. Any car that they expect to be driven hard by enthusiasts where you cannot turn off the helpers. Hmm. Sure. Trash control, rev match, these kind of things. And I don't mean turn them back. I do mean turn them off. Mm. Yeah. If, the if holes in the safety net aren't just enlarged; yeah. they're completely gone. And I, and I do mean, yeah. I do mean, rev match is another great example. The stuff that makes the car drive itself more for you. If you're a guy that really likes to drive, I, please don't get me wrong. All these cars having these safety features, I'm all for that. I'm all for it. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it, you should just have the option if you're a driver and you want to learn things and you want to push it a little further, the ability to turn it off. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. Well, sticking with the electric theme here, Rich J is asking about an electric SUV or truck to tow my race car. <laughs> Tons of torque and unbeatable miles to the gallon. I love the I love the uh, the juxtaposition there too. <laughs> car that does not pollute. Car that does all the polluting for both of them. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I know of no suitable electric vehicles for sale or even on the horizon. Am I missing something? The only thing that really comes to mind is something you and I saw at SEMA called Bollinger Motors. Okay. If you look up BollingerMotors.com, 
it's it makes boxes look rounded and curved. That's true. Yes. It's not pretty. Mm-hmm. It's it's a Hummer plus a Jeep plus a <laughs> I, I don't know. You're plus another uh, industrial <laughs> dishwasher yeah. at a restaurant. Something like that. We're so, going to do that entire panel in diamond plate. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and that'll be the, the dressy part. That'll be the nice person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm with you, Rich. I, um, I've been talking about electric trucks. When that finally happens, mm-hmm. and they do all the things that uh, trucks do now. Yeah. yeah. Mudding and towing and all sure, that kind sure, of stuff sure. at the level trucks do now, then we'll have something. But to be honest... Even this is still a bit of a novelty, and they're mm. too expensive for consumer use. So, well, I mean, the, unfortunately, the answer is no for right now, in my mind. The massive torque of electric motors suggests that this is gonna that this is gonna be straightforward. What's the towing capacity? I need to look it up because I haven't got it in front of me. What is the towing capacity of the Model X? It's not Ooh. great, but I would oh, think have to open look a trailer and a, and a race car. Uh, I mean, from a torque perspective, it should be a lot. But then mm-hmm. you think of the tongue weight and yeah. you know the, just the kind of motion a trailer puts on a car, and you need a yeah. really robust frame. So it's saying five thousand pounds. That's pretty so good. That's if actually you've more got than I thought. a small, small open trailer and something like an MX-5, you could get it done. Sure. But what are you towing? If you're towing a big enclosed trailer like we had for lemons mm-hmm. with one car in it, you've blown through that range. That's there's not enough. Right. So right. it really depends on what your rig is more than anything else. Uh, because we're just not there yet. And the Model X at the moment is kind of your only game in town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it is for now. All right, anything else on here that uh, struck you? Uh, let's see. <laughs> I feel like this is the obvious obvious question. Instagram, A. McFarland says, would you rather have the small and nimble, nimble car that sounds and moves like a muscle car <laughs> or muscle car that somehow acts like a lotus? Muscle car that acts like a lotus? <laughs> let's do that. This Fish is low-hanging fruit here, people. That's perfect. <laughs> also, Mike Jensen asked this question. I, Mike says, okay, what do you think requires more overall driver skill? Mm. Racing or limping a barely running car home through traffic? I'm guessing this is a recent experience. Now, now Mike, I've done what you're describing more than once. I've done the, my alternator doesn't work, and I'm sitting in stop and go. How, how, how am I going to pull this off? I've done this. Um, and... And it is an accomplishment to know your car well enough to limp it home. Like the think about the I'm going. I'm really glorifying this now. Think about the World War II pilots, with where half of their wings gone and they somehow fly this beast home. It's that <laughs> right. kind of thing. I'm not saying you aren't sweating and you aren't making uh, an impressive amount of uh, display of skill. However, however, Mike, every time I think I drive well. I just have to do a ride along with a guy that actually drives for a living. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I realize I have no idea what I'm doing. Okay. The, the, the amount of information that they are processing and how easy they can make this look. And I'm going to call out our friend, Billy Johnson. Oh, great. Excellent. Yeah. I watched him hop in <laughs> someone else's 05 Ford GT. Okay. Now this is a guy Such that a great story. drives the current Ford GT and races the current Ford GT at Le Mans. Is is a development driver for Ford. Clearly the boy can shoe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, He's yeah. a great friend of the show. Really nice guy. Billy, if you're listening, hello, man. Let us know when you're here again. Yes, but please do. I watched him climb in someone else's 05 and heard him tell the story. I've never driven one of these before. Proceeds to do <laughs> one lap around the track. Normal. <laughs> Halfway through the second lap. He just decides to drift every corner. 
Now, keep in mind, Billy is not a drifter. Awesome. He's not a drifter. He's a race car driver. Awesome. But he's having, and I've got, I've got the in-car footage. He's having a casual conversation with the owner who's riding right That's seat. That's the best part. While he hoons it sideways in a car, he's on his second lap, which means, if you want to put it in perspective, he's been in the car roughly two and a half minutes. Right. That's the best thing. He's chatting up the owner and then decides to drift. There is, a level, there is a level of skill going on there that is beyond what we all think about. You have to ride with these guys or see them do this, and then you go, okay, that skill I don't have. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm trying to look through other stuff on here. Uh, John B. is asking about storage for seasonal air track tires. Mm. How critical is it to keep tires stored in a climate-controlled area as opposed to the garage with some temperature fluctuations? I don't think you have much to worry about, to be honest, John. I mean, you and I both have stored our car, our tires in garages, yeah. and it's been 25 below outside. Yeah, and, and your, gra- your garage connected to your house is never getting that cold. Right. I, I mean, know. I mean if, yeah, you leave your door open and the temperature goes up, of course. Or yeah. down, I mean. Yeah, I knew what you meant. Yeah. But um, um, anyway, yeah, I, I don't think you really have too much to be worried about. It's only if you're leaving them outside and they're frozen and encrusted and yeah. all that kind of stuff. You've got some stuff to be concerned about. But otherwise, if they're stored, they're wrapped up, corner of the garage, you should be fine. Yeah, I can't imagine that being a deal unless for some reason your garage is getting well below zero, which why is that happening? But I suppose that right. could be a problem. But other than that, I don't think it's a big th- thing. Uh, Price Assassins on Twitter. Do you see this question? This is a hard question. All right. Go for it. Should you lease – I'm assuming you mean the new one as a result – lease the new NSX Ooh. or buy a GT350 Mustang? If for oh. the same three-year period, the out-of-pocket expense for that three years is identical. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, this is tough. It's, it's it's a difficult question. This is tough. It's a difficult question. I also like the fact that your 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 avatar is price assassins, by the way, and we're talking about what's the value for money question here. <laughs> okay, having not driven the new NSX quite yet. True. It's on the short list. Short list on the uh, roughly on the schedule. I'll even yes. choose it that far. Yes. Uh, have not driven that yet, but we have driven the GT three fifty both times. the R a few times, yeah, and the the regular three fifty. Not that there's that much difference, but there is. So, uh, um, leasing is always the better way to get into something more expensive that you can't really afford. For sure, that's it the is. whole point of leasing. Absolutely, that's the benefit of it. Yes, I'm just wondering if uh, you just initially have more fun in the Mustang. Honestly, this is a really hard question. The, the thing we don't they, know. They do different things, though. They do. The thing we don't know here is we don't know what kind of driving, what kind of life is this car going to have for three years. That's true. That's but true. here's my, my big thinking. If the GT350 you can get for <clears throat> what it costs. Right. That's the big sticking yeah, point. You get the GT350 what yeah. it costs. I think that might be the better call because of two reasons. One, I think that car, because of its personality of its engine, is kind of fun at any speed. And I also don't think you're going to feel as precious. Hmm. Yeah. So I think you're going to take out your Mustang and just hoon it because it's a Mustang. It's meant to be hooned. When are you going to tap into the real potential of the NSX? Look, it's going to be awesome to walk up to. It's going to be amazing at Cars and Coffee. You're going to be thrilled you own it. Look, I could go on and on about all the reasons the NSX will be great. But I think the GT you would just own and drive and enjoy and hoon and not stress. Yeah, I'm with you. Especially, I was thinking about this as you were talking from a leasing standpoint. You're going to be very precious with it. And plus, because it's the new NSX, guess what? You're going to want to drive it a lot and you'll 
probably blow past your mileage allotment unless you get a high mileage lease. But maybe I don't even know if you can do that with the NSX. Well, but but then but then I think the NSX is also going to require taking it places like tracks to get a sense of what it can do. Because mm-hmm. I think, and you don't say where you live. Maybe you live right. in LA and you can do canyons and stuff. And I'm sure that car would be brilliant on canyons. But I, I do feel like the GT350, even though a tra- it comes to life if you have places like a track to really get that car, car high, that car is fun, honestly, slow. Sure. It's surprisingly yeah. fun slow. Yeah. And I think the NSX would be surprisingly nice slow. But I think you're nowhere near where it needs to be. Yeah, I'm going Mustang too. Uh, Ed the Sled is teasing me. You turkey, you sent a 2009 Porsche Cayenne GTS six-speed on Bring a Trailer. Oh, you turkey. <laughs> this looks great. I want this car. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for all your support. We really appreciate listening and watching. So much to come. Our TV season is starting in January on Velocity. That is definitely happening. I We're really thrilled need to, to, pl- to announce this. It's happening. I really, really need to edit. (laughs) (laughs) It is a thing. So we will be on television on Velocity, as I said. And uh, yeah, track day. Check out everydaydriver.com. And if you've got your own debate, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com, as well as the website. You can reach us there, as a lot of people are. Write to us. Love to hear from you. If you've got homework, if we've given you homework, (laughs) if we've assigned you homework, please write. Send in your papers now. (laughs) Papers are due. All right, guys. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Cheers, everyone. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it. GEICO could save you 15% or more on car insurance. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere. ADT will set up your home with multiple smart home devices and security features like indoor and outdoor cameras, locks, lights, and garage door control, even video doorbells. Visit ADT.com slash podcasts to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.